All right, I was uh, praying this week about what to, what to speak on for today. Uh, you know, when you, you look at Word of God, you look at everything that's going on, and you keep seeing God's presence, God's teaching in it. So, you know, that's the, one of our, our downfalls as people is, is that we let our feelings and our emotions direct us. We are not taught properly, or we are looking through the eyes of our emotions to try to seek truth. It is a, it's a known scientific fact that if we are trying to seek a certain outcome, that our mind will allow us to place in and see certain things in other things to prove these facts to ourselves. You know, it's like a, we want, and that's a lot of times we go into the Word of God that way. We already have our mind made up how we want it to be, and we're just looking for something to back up our ideas. When in fact, what we should do is, is look at the Word of God with an open mind and see what God has for us. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask today to just open our hearts and minds to receive your word, Lord. We ask you to take yourself, myself out of the way, Father, and just let your message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And um, so uh, we're going to start out today in a, a verse in Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 30 and... And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore he be exalted, and he may have mercy upon you, for the Lord of Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. Wait for him. And uh, the title of today's message is Justice. We've been hearing that word a lot lately, and... Why is it so important to us? And I'm going to go a, a roundabout way, as I usually do, about um, today's example. And uh, so just bear with me, and I think when we get to the end, it'll make some sense. So uh, let's talk about TV shows for a minute. And if you don't watch TV, it could be the books you read, however, whatever you use for your source of entertainment. Uh, for for the, my example today, we're going to use TV shows. And um, you can pretty much divide up TV shows in three basic categories. We have our reality TV, we have our 30-minute comedy sitcoms, and we have our um, procedural dramas. And uh, with those, we have, we have the, uh, the law enforcement-based shows, we have the medical-based shows, um, and fire department-based shows, you know, here. And they all follow a formula. And we can go all the way back. We can go back to the black and white westerns. And you can count on an episode of Gunsmoke. These certain things are going to happen. There's going to be some kind of a bad guy that's going to come riding into town. And they're going to have some sort of situation. And we're going to see them either kill or steal or destroy. Hmm, sound like somebody else. So we're going to see them doing these things. And then they're going to be met with some resistance in the form of Matt Dillon. 
He's going to come out riding on his big horse. He's going to stand out there in the middle of the street. And he's either going to knock them over the head and cart them off to jail. Or they're going to stand out in the street in the old-fashioned gunfight. And he's going to take down the bad guy. And that's the formula that happens episode after episode after episode. The good guy wins and the bad guy loses. And uh, if we look at the shows today, we have so many of them. There is three different NCISs. There's three different CSIs. There's two different criminal minds. There's uh, just countless things. And they keep making spinoffs and spinoffs and spinoffs. And they're all basically the same thing. We have the, the good guys or the group of good guys. And we're going to be introduced to some sort of a villain. And we're going to see their villainous ways. We're going to see them do what they do. And then, of course, the team, they've got to follow the clues. They've got to follow the, the, the evidence. They have to find out who this person is, and they have to capture them. In the end, the good guy has to win. The bad guy has to lose. And uh, it's very interesting. Um, and even so, let's, let's talk about some of the other things. So let's, like, we take a, a medical show. You know, we have the, the ER from the 90s. We have Grey's Anatomy. We have uh, these, all these different popular medical shows. And there's not necessarily a, a bad guy they have to deal with. So they bring an internal person in. It might be the form of an administrator or someone wanting to take over or something like that. They have some kind of person that's doing bad things that they bring in. And... We are constantly getting worked up about it. Same thing with the fire department. They have to tell, there have to be somebody to come in. With the medical field, sometimes they're placed with situations where do they treat this person that did things equally as they would someone else that hasn't. There's always a resistance there. There's always a this good, evil situation. And... Um, in the, in the 50s and 60s, whenever movies were becoming very popular, and as the technology went on and directors and producers and writers were trying to push the envelope, trying to come up with the next newest and greatest thing, boundaries were pushed to the point where it got that we had to come up with this rating system. And so... These artists that would create this content didn't want to be regulated heavily by the government that didn't know their ideas. So they kind of self-regulated themselves, and they came up with this, this screen guild um, form of rules and regulations that they would follow. And that, if they did this, it would allow them to get the ratings and, this, and fall into the category they did. Well, one of the things they had to do is that Every movie that was made, the bad guy had to be brought to justice in the end. They either had to be arrested and locked away, or they had to be killed. That was set in stone as a rule that this had to happen. So, now I want you to think about when you're watching a movie, you know, you're 
you're you're watching Batman, you see that the Joker's doing all these horrible things and, and hurting people, and you see Batman swoop in to save the day. You know, when you're watching these kind of shows and you're seeing this all this happen, have you ever been been frustrated? Maybe it's a a TV series and it goes along and it seems like the that the the bad person that they represent is constantly just keeps getting away with it, getting away with it, with it and hurting the good people. And it's to the point like you don't even want to watch it anymore. I'm like I'm done with it. I've had enough of it. I'm just frustrated with it. But these are not even real people. They're characters. But people get so involved with it that sometimes these actors and actresses, when they walk down the street, they get treated poorly because of the character that they portray on TV. Because we get so involved with it. Stay with me now. So when we're getting so involved, what is it we're getting so frustrated for? We're seeing the what? The injustice because the bad person is not getting what they deserve. And what is it that keeps coming us back week after week? Because we know exactly what's going to happen. We know that the hero can't die because otherwise there won't be a show next week. We know that they're going to win. We know that Matt Dillon is going to survive that gunfight every single time. But yet, we're still fulfilled at the end of the show when the credits roll because... Why? Because justice was served. Because we perceived that the bad guy got what was coming to him. Justice was served. This is one of these feelings that we've talked about. We get this, it's an emotional thing, it's a build-up. We're watching this, we're seeing all these things happen, and then we see, boom, it's that payoff, it's that climax. It's what we're craving. And this is something that we've we've programmed into ourselves, this part of this world. So, why? Why are we so, so concerned with justice? We live in a world of sin. And no matter if we could do everything right. Well, let's take Jesus for an example. Sinless man walked on the earth, and yet he faced many injustices. He was mocked, he was beaten, he was falsely accused. People didn't believe who he was. People made fun of him. He did nothing wrong. Jesus, the Son of God. We see so much about what's happened in the past. And the fact is that every group of people, at some point or another, has had opposition that they've had to face. The Israelites spent over 400 years enslaved by the Egyptians. We see that there was a, we talked about not too long ago, the story of the woman and uh, the oil and how she needed money 
So the oil kept flowing out of the pots and she kept filling up pots and had enough to pay off all of her debt. But we fast rewind back to the beginning of that story and we find out that people were coming to take away her sons to enslave them for her debts. Now, that don't seem really fair to them. They didn't cause the debt. They didn't cause their father to die, so they didn't have a source of income. But yet, they were going to be enslaved for it. In fact, this is a very common practice. And if you read through the Word of God, you see that there was many Old Testament laws that govern these sort of things about how they should be treated and how they would be released after seven years and, and these sort of things. And this is just one example. And we know that the Word of God is so rich and so full that everything had to be handpicked. We see one example of this, but this was a way of life. Even here in modern day, worldwide, they are somewhere between 25 and 40 million people men, women, and children that are in some form of slavery that have been plucked off the streets and used at the hands of another. Talk about diversity and how that affects us. Every group, no matter what your color, your type, your ethnicity, where you come from, have faced some kind of adversity, some time of discrimination. Because that's what sin allows to happen. It takes little things that doesn't matter. And Satan puts an illusion on it that it does. And then we use that to pick apart one another. We talked about unity the other day. And that's the one thing that Satan doesn't want. So whatever he use, can use to divide, he will. We're discriminated against because we're different. Because we're not the right gender. We're not the right color. We're discriminated against because we're overweight. We don't have the right background. We're discriminated against because of our past mistakes. How hard is it for someone that's had a problem in the past to move forward from it? Because that's all people look at. We're discriminated against because of our health. We're seen as weak or frail and not able to do. We're seen, we're discriminated against because of how our brains work. Anything different is seen as wrong, as challenged, as put down upon. Just because we don't do things the same way or think the same way.
so many different reasons that we are diversified, that we faced injustice. All because of sin. But we have one thing that brings us all together. Ecclesiastes 3 and 17. I say in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. Therefore, there is a time for every purpose, for every work. Man is so concerned about taking care of everything on his own. We ignore that we have a Heavenly Father that has promised to right every wrong, to handle each and every situation. For every wrongdoing, we are all going to have to stand judgment for. And for every wrong thing that's been done to us, we shall be given back for. God is the great equalizer. And there's nothing that man can do. There's no amount of protest. There's no amount of complaining. There's no amount of violence. There's no amount of anything that man can do that's going to be Better, more efficient, or more fair than the judgment of God. He has a plan for each and every one of us. When he put man and woman in the garden, they put them there together to love one another, to help one another, to be safe, to be provided for, to be protected. How many Christians have been persecuted because of what we believe? What the Apostle Paul used to do for a living before he seen the light. Literally seen the light and was turned around to be used as a vessel for God. Persecuting Christians. We've seen the disciples go into hiding, deny Jesus because they were scared. God is still in control just the way he always has been. He gives us free will. He allows us to do as we please. And as we look back on this year, starting with the fires and the virus and the riots and the murder hornets and now the big dust bowl we're dealing with and we wonder you know where God is but he's still right there all of these things we are allowing to happen and all of these things can be turned around we all have 
choices to make. We all have tools we can use. We have faith. We have prayer. There is not a doubt in my mind that if every person dropped down to their knees and sent a prayer up to God that tomorrow morning they'd wake up and be no more virus. If we all dropped to our knees and prayed that there could be peace, there would be peace. The problem is that we don't have the faith to do so. That us here today, the ones that are listening, do we truly believe that? Do we truly have the faith to move these mountains that are in front of us? And we've been working on it. This group here has been working on it. We've been talking little by little about the things because we're struggling moving the little mountains in front of just our own lives. So are we ready to conquer these worldwide mountains yet? Because we don't have the faith. We give up too soon. We let it go. And we see that fear and faith cannot work together. They cannot live in the same place. The light cannot work in the dark. Love cannot work with hate. And that's what we're seeing right now. We see so much hate. And with that, there's no room for love. There's no room for faith. We see so much fear. And with that, there's no room for the faith to come in. There's no room for faith to operate because that's all we have. We have darkness. We have fear. We have no hope. And with that, we have no future. It starts with within. Each and every person has to make that choice. Stop loading up on all the negativity. Turn off the news. Turn on some praise music. Think about what we can let go. What is truly bothering you? Is it really? You know, we talked about revenge a few Sundays ago. And uh, in that, I told you guys that they did a study and that the people that had the opportunity to seek revenge didn't feel any better they did than afterwards. That, in fact, many times they felt worse because it kept it stirred up. It kept them thinking on it. It kept them dwelling on it. And they couldn't let it go. And revenge is a, a quick fix. Just like, and that's what many of us are looking for as a, as a quick fix. And when we use the word justice, are we looking for something long term? Or are we looking for a quick fix? Are we looking for something that's going to make us feel better for a moment? Because there's nothing that's going to do that. We cannot change the path. Each and every one of us 
As we look back on our lives, they are things that we wish we could change. If we had Doc Brown's DeLorean, where we could hop in and punch in the coordinates and go back and save the future like Marty McFly did, all of us would have a, an opportunity and a want to do so because we all have made mistakes. There's things that we wish we could do differently. Wish that we had better circumstances. But all of these things are in the past. And the past is spent. The past is done. That is over with. But we can change our future. We can change our now. And all that happens on the inside. And we don't have to do it alone. We have God. God will be with us. God can lead our steps. God can give us purpose. God can give us direction. God can help us change. But we have to want to do so. We have people fighting and don't even know what they're fighting for. Wanting things that don't even know what the would it really be like. How many times in life have we done that? There's been something we've seen, these impulse by we go and we get at home and it's like, I don't need this, I don't want this, I don't even like this. But we, at the moment we wanted it. It was popular. Have these fads that that's what's hot right now. I wonder how many people are still playing with their Tickle Me Elmo. But there was a time that people were fighting over those things. That it was a hot item to have. We need to stop just sitting by and waiting for the end. We need to start maximizing on what we have now. We do that through faith. We do that through prayer. God is the most powerful thing ever. He created all of this. He tells us that we have access to that power. So why is it are we scared? Why is it are we feeling weak? Why are we feeling beat down? Why are we sick? Why are we discouraged? When we have all these things that's already been granted to us through the blood of Jesus, through His sacrifice, why are we not using them? We have the instruction book. We have every tool that we need. God has provided with us everything that we need. It's time to put that toolbox to work. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to be in your house, to be able to speak your word, Father. Father, we ask that we can start being a beacon of life, Father, that we can all change from within, that we can be positive examples, Father, and that these hearts, Father, have been overtaken by the darkness, that the light can, can crack through, Father, and be able to soften and change, that situations can turn around, that the truth will come through, Father. 
that you'll strengthen the leaders. Give them direction, Father. Give them heart. To be with each and every one of us, Father. To be with the ones that's not yet made that decision. To be with the ones, Father, that's turned over their life but then fell away. That feelings and circumstances and just the strain of the world, Father, has led them astray. And for strength, Father, for each and every one of us. For a, an upload of faith, Father, for more encouragement, for peace, for healing, for blessings. We thank you for this, Father, and ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 393, please.